This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm Mark Berry. This week on Top Shelf, Ethan McKinley's having a banner season with the Asoyuz Coyotes, fifth in league scoring heading into the weekend. Emmanuel Sequera talks with him about his amazing season. Cody Creasy has been solid between the pipes for the Kamloops Storm, one of the top goaltenders in the KIJHL. But that's not what everybody's talking about since the sniper scored his first goal last Friday. I get the pleasure of chatting with Cody. And Emmanuel joins me on the podcast to talk about some of our favorite interviews this season. Kevin McLean, two assists, rebounds there. Luke Chuckerbarty at the side, his stick tied up. It's Gusentonis with 58 seconds to go. McLean taps it ahead to Max Chakrabarty. Into the slot. Nelson puts it there. McLean trying to pass up a rebound. And there great pass. Go. And there's the hat trick. Uh, Three straight power play goals. A natural hat trick for Luke Chakrabarty. On top shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm Mark Berry. And, and first off, uh, I, I have to dispel a rumor that's out there. I did not see my shadow yesterday. Uh, I'm joined now by the Director of Communications for the KIJHL, Emmanuel Sequera. How you doing, Emmanuel? I'm good. I, I've got you on here for a reason. This is episode, I think, 22. You and I don't get a chance to talk to each other on the podcast a lot. You do your thing. You do all these player interviews. I edit and I, and I do some other interviews as well, but we don't really get a chance to talk to each other directly on the podcast. And I wanted to get your take on some of the interviews that you've done this season, because there's been some really good ones. I've got some favorites. I'd like to hear what your favorite interviews have been so far this season, because there's been some good ones. There has been, and it's almost kind of hard to pick them, but I can pick some. And the first one that comes to mind for me is when I spoke to Luke Chakrabarty of the Creston Valley Thundercats. I really enjoyed talking to him. And probably the, like the favorite part of my interview with him was when I asked about his celebrations because like I've downloaded a lot of clips of him getting goals that have been on the red light reels and a few have been used in plays of the week kind of asking him about his celebration. I got a kick out of his response and him talking about it. It was just, it was just fun. Yeah, let's play that. There's one last question I want to ask you. It has to do with your celebrations. <laughs> Whenever you score a goal, I know you really enjoy celebrating. Share a bit about that with us. My celly kind of depends on the goal, if that makes sense. You'll notice if it's a great pass and all I did was tap the puck and I'll, I'll usually point at the guy who passed to me or I'll go jump up on him instead of him jumping on me but if I feel like I scored a pretty nice goal or on my hatchet goal there you know I'll do something pretty out there because yeah you like you said you know I get really excited it's it's almost something I have to work on with my emotions in a game you know that's that's one of the great things about playing hockey is how exciting the game is you know like when you score it's just like you're you're on another planet you're so excited that was Luke Chakrabarty and his explanation <laughs> of his sellies, which I thought was absolutely wonderful. I want to talk about um, one of my favorites, and it, it ties to my other job as the voice of the Campbell River Storm. We have a player that's traveled all the way from Perth, Western Australia, to play with our team. you got to understand, in Western Australia, there's two ice arenas on all of Western Australia. And he went off and he represented his country this week, won gold medal at the World Championship Div 3. I thought of the Oliver King interview right away. He's from Scotland. And when he talked about in Scotland, 
hockey is a very small community. It's a very loyal community, but it's a very small community. And I thought about that, and I, I saw that with the Aussies as well. These kids playing so far from home is so special, not just for them, but also for our league and what we're imparting to future generations of hockey all over the world. Your thoughts about Oliver King and that interview? I thought it was so good. Yeah, I enjoyed talking to him. As soon as I learned that Kelowna had recruited him to play for the team this year and and where he was from, I thought right away, like, I want to talk to him. I want to do a story with him at some point because I think he's got a cool story to tell. And for me, it was interesting, just especially when I asked him about what hockey was like back home. I thought it was interesting listening to him talk about what it was like and the quality of the hockey. Obviously, especially them talking about what it's been like playing hockey here in North America. That is a favorite one. But another one is of Jace Myers from the 100 Mile House Wranglers, the bullfighter. Bull rider. No, no, let's let's correct you here. Bull rider. Okay, yes. I remember having to ask him twice about the proper way to say it because I didn't want to sound like an idiot on the podcast, (laughs) which I'm probably doing right now, but that's okay. What I actually really enjoyed about that interview is like we had gone through it and talked and stuff like that. And then we had thanked him for being on the podcast. And then we just kind of continued to talk. And then I just kind of asked him some other stuff. It was just casual conversation before we ended the Zoom call. The comments that he gave during our casual conversation was better than the stuff from before that we were talking about. And so it was just kind of neat listening to him talk about his experience with it. And I just thought it ended up being a great interview. In my experience, it's almost like you should start, you know, talking to the player and then uh, almost pretend like the mic's not on anymore because it's amazing how all of a sudden they open up. You know, hockey players are funny. It's a team game. At the same time, it's an individual game, but they're very reticent to talk about themselves. They want to talk about the team. So I always found that, like you said, as soon as you stop recording, it's, oh my goodness, this is such a gem. Uh, But you know what? I think, you know, overall, and I I think you would have to agree that uh, these kids this year talking with uh, the players in the KIJHL has been very good. Like these young men represent uh, their communities, their families, their organizations so, so very well. Even when it came time for covering the BCHC prospects game, talking to the players that got selected to that team. And it was just great listening to their excitement, how grateful and appreciative that they were for the opportunity to play in a game that was being scouted by junior A teams. And just that opportunity to have the spotlight on them and to showcase their skills. It was neat how appreciative they were Emmanuel, you know what? We've got uh, other interviews to play here, but I'm going to get you back later on in the podcast because one of the things I want to talk about, you know, you talk with an awful lot of players in this league. You've talked with ownership. You've talked with general managers. This is a developmental league. You've had an opportunity to talk to players that have moved on to the next level, and and those are really special interviews. We'll talk about those a little bit later on. Harris Henderson going down the far side, goes over the line. He's got McKinley with him. He's going to play it back to the line, though. McDonald Correa firing it back, gets it back out. Henderson down in deep. McKinley scores. Wow. Wow. I'm joined by Asuys Coyotes forward Ethan McKinley. Ethan, welcome to Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Ethan, uh, you've been on fire of late for the Coyotes. What was it like to go on a 20-game point streak in that time? 
you produced 21 goals and had 20 assists. I mean, I got to give a lot of credit to my line mates. You look at the two guys I've been playing with recently, uh, also top five scorers in the league. So got to give them a lot of credit. Makes it a lot easier on me. But I just think uh, this year, shooting the puck a lot more, being in the right spot, right time is helped me out a lot for sure. Yeah, talk about who the two guys that, you, that you've been primarily playing with. Carter Yarish and Jack Henderson are those two. And yeah, like I said, I think they're second, third, fourth kind of in the league all year for scoring and uh, make it a lot easier on me. I mean, last year you had a very strong rookie season and, and obviously like anybody who's watched Coyotes games see that you're a very skilled player. How do you feel that you've played of late? This year I think I've kind of taken on a, well, trying to take on a different playing style as in, like I said, shooting the puck a bit more, trying to be that goal scorer in a way. Uh, last year, I'd like to say I was a playmaker, moved the puck a lot. And this year, yeah, just shooting the puck a lot more, trying to get in the right spot, right time in the offensive zone and yeah, using my shot. To, uh, I guess, put up more goals. Was there anything that you did during the off season to kind of improve your shooting ability and be able to score more? Yeah, like you said, I'm a, I like to be a skilled player. So I think I'm always kind of playing with a stick, whether it's in my basement, shooting pucks on the driveway, play roller hockey too, which obviously helps a lot with my hands. Just kind of sticking with it and the stick skills, keeping those up, I think obviously helps. Earlier this year, you would hit 100 career points in January. I mean, what was that like to accomplish that big milestone? Big milestone, but you can't get there without being a part of a good team and uh, playing with good players. So got to give a lot of credit to everyone around me that I've played with over the last two years here. My coaches too, trusted me in certain situations and uh, couldn't have done it without a lot of help from other people. As you mentioned before, um, you've wanted to be able to score more goals and so you've been shooting the puck a bit more. Touch on other areas of your skills or your game that you feel that you've really improved on this year to become a better player. Yeah, for sure. I like to take pride in the defensive zone. I think uh, making that first breakout pass, I think is big and not quitting on the play, getting up in the rush, being that whether it's the third, fourth guy jumping in, even even yeah, getting my feet going more on the rush, trying to be the, the first guy in to make that hit or strip the defenseman there. So I think just moving my feet a lot more and just kind of getting around the fire, getting around the puck a lot more. You came to the KIJHL from St. Albert, Alberta, just outside of Edmonton. Talk about what the hockey was like there, the minor hockey that you played. The minor hockey was great. Playing from a young age under uh, NHL coaches and Brian Benning was crazy, obviously. Uh, learn a lot from those kind of guys and then when I got a bit older I uh, ended up playing my last two years of midget in Edmonton for uh, good AAA programs there but uh, yeah it was awesome growing up in St. Albert I really enjoyed my time there. Ethan well thank you for joining us on Top Shelf the KIJHL podcast. I uh, really appreciate it thanks for having well, me. Coyotes get it they'll start back. There they come to center ice nice pass coming in to Henderson he's going to drop it back right in front Scores! right coming in on the slot McKinley taking the pass and the Coyotes open the scoring. Once again, talking with the director of communications for the, you know what, uh, you, you really got to be proud of me because once I got that title right, I, I haven't missed on it yet. The director of communications for the KIJHL, Emmanuel Sequera. Emmanuel, you know, this is a developmental league. Players are here for a short period of time. One of the coaches said it so well when he says, we're just part of their hockey journey. We're not the end of their hockey journey. We're the part of their hockey journey. But you get to talk to an awful lot of players that have moved on, that are alum. And they always have 
uh, at least the ones have talked to us, have good things to say about this league. What's your impressions of these guys that have moved on and the value the KIJHL has been for them? I mean, when they talk about the KIJHL, their memories and their experiences is nothing but great things. Sometimes it's even things that when you, I'll admit, sometimes when I'm asking a question in my head, I'm kind of hoping slash expecting for a different response. And then I get a totally different answer. And a lot of the times it's just kind of like they really cherish and say they're always going to remember being on the bus, hanging out with their teammates and the things they do on the bus. Maybe it's playing cards or whatever, watching a movie. They really cherish that. I guess in hindsight, thinking about it, probably traveling on a bus to go to a game doesn't sound like it's a big deal, but it's a part of their development. A lot of the interviews, players that I talk to, the kind of the common theme of being in the KJHL that helped them moving forward is the physicality of the right, league right. and the speed factor, especially for guys who move on to the college level, whether it's in the BCIHL, ACAC, so the Alberta Colleges Athletic Conference. Conference, several who go on to play in the ACHA. And they talk about that, like the physicality and the speed of the league playing the amount of season that they played really helped with them adjusting quickly and better to that higher level of hockey. This past week, you talked with Bryce Sucro, formerly of the Nelson Leafs, and Jaden Fodchuk, formerly of the Princeton Posse. They both play with Cranbrook this season. What were your takeaways from those uh, two interviews? I really just wanted to get a sense from them about what their season has been like after coming from the KIJHL, both definitely had different experiences. I mean, Jaden has been in the league a little bit more than Bryce has, obviously, because last season, Jaden had a tremendous season with Princeton that led to him signing with the Bucks midway through January. Mm-hmm. And so he'd gone from being like he was over a point a game in the yeah. KIJHL to in Cranbrook. He's just getting his feet wet, getting used to things. He wasn't putting up the points that he did before. But I mean, different role and he's just getting used to it so this year it's like for Jaden it's just like he's got his role where be a physical and quick presence like make it difficult in opponents he feels that he's playing well and so that was interesting to hear and from Bryce it's kind of been like you know play hard or work hard to to get into the lineup and as people will read in the article they just kind of talk about what their experience has been like I really do encourage people especially the players in the league to go to the website, to read about it, to get a full perspective of what both players' experience has been like, because I think what each of them talks about is valuable. You know, when we return, I'm going to get you back here one last segment before we sign off. And I'm going to thank you uh, for some recommendations you made uh, to me earlier in the week. We'll uh, we'll do that a little later on. Down behind his net up to Jameson Rende. Rende back to Creasy. And, oh, they're trying to go for a goalie goal. They're trying to go for a goalie goal, and it's in the net. Cody Creasy just scored a goal. Two seconds left in the game. It ended up in the net, and that's something you do not see every day. I don't even have to say it. It's his first of the season. On Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast, I'm talking with goaltender... Cody Creasy of the Kamloops Storm. Uh, Cody, apparently um, you did something special on Friday. Uh, you want to enlighten us on it? Yeah, on uh, Friday was a pretty special night for me. Scored my first career uh, goalie goal. Yeah, it was a pretty special moment. Uh, it was a planned play that we had. It was a player who got hurt. And uh, we had the time to uh, elaborate on the bench. And 
my uh, assistant coach, uh, Andrew Fisher, told us that if you have the chance to go for it, you have the green light to go shoot it. Yeah, we broke the puck out, and my captain, Jameson Rende, passed the puck to me, and I, I put my head down and shot the puck. I don't think I had much time to get it off, but I, I guess it went in the net. So, yeah, it's a memorable moment for myself. As a minor hockey goaltender, I got to tell you, it was uh, really cool to watch. But for me, and I think you even said uh, on on, uh, CFJC that uh, it was the flyby that was cool. How cool was it, not just to get the goal, but to do that flyby? As a younger kid, you always wonder, like, what's it going to be like to do your celebration? You're always in practice, and it's like, oh, if I score a goal, what should I actually do as a celebration? But I guess in the moment, you don't really have much time to think about uh, what you're going to do. Yeah, the flyby was one of the most memorable parts, just uh, having all the guys on the team celebrate with me and uh, lead a flyby it's, yeah it's going to be something that i will never forget uh, speaking of special i think kamloops has uh, been playing very good hockey of late you got off to a bit of a slow start this season but you really turned it on talk about the play of your team this season our play this season's been uh, pretty uh, fantastic uh, since even before the christmas break the uh, start of the season got off a little bit rough but yeah we've been working through it uh, at the start of the season like we had a pretty strong team i just think that things weren't uh, going our way pucks were bouncing the wrong way which is uh, things that uh, really can't help yourself. All you can do is kind of bury down. And uh, our uh, head coach, uh, Jan Nelikvik, uh, has been doing a very good job with uh, teaching us our skills. He says that you can only play if, if your skills work. So we've been doing a lot of skills work lately. And I think that's one of the keys to success because we're a very skillful team. And if, if we use our skills to our advantage, that's going to be one of the main aspects that we have. And then on top, we're a very gritty team. So putting a very skillful and gritty team together, it, it makes you pretty powerful. Nobody gets to your level of hockey without an awful lot of help along the way. Are there folks behind the scenes that you'd like to thank? Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, Matt Warren, one of the big people who's uh, helped me growing up. He's uh, one of my trainers that is with me back home. He's uh, helped me since I was a little kid. Big uh, thanks to him for helping me. Uh, Bobby Schramm, my athletic therapist back home. She was the one who helped me get into all the surgery and helped me with my rehab. Family, for sure. My mom and my dad, uh, Gloria and Sean, uh, sister Emma thanking them for everything that they've done for me growing up, making sure that I can get to the rink or financially making sure that I'm able to actually play hockey and uh, all my close friends and everyone supporting me growing up. It's a big thing for me, uh, especially being away from home, going to uh, prep school. It's been hard uh, being away from home, but everyone in my uh, family has helped me. And I'm uh, just really thankful for that. Oh, you've got a big series of games this weekend, a couple of games against Revelstoke. What do the Storm have to do to be successful this weekend? We just have to do uh, everything that we've been doing lately. Uh, I don't think uh, playing against Revelstoke should have any extra emotions for us. We know it's going to be a very uh, strong game, and uh, it's going to be a very meaningful game because that could uh, potentially be a big matchup in the playoffs. We just have to play our game and uh, not let them dictate uh, how the week is going to go. And I think that's one of the things that we have is we're a very uh, gritty team, and uh, I think we're going to be able to set the tone for uh, for the game and then set the tone for into playoffs. Thank you very much for doing this, Cody. Yeah, thanks for having me. Turning is Miller right at the blue line. Walks in backhand. Nice save there by Creasy. On top shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm talking with the director of communications for the KIJHL, Emmanuel Sequera. Emmanuel, I don't normally promote a podcast that isn't junior hockey related, but you talked to me earlier this week and you said, I just finished this podcast. You've got to check it out. Scotty Rintoul, Unreal, the West Coast Express. And my goodness, if you, even if you're not a Canuck fan, that's worth listening to. You can find it anywhere, Spotify, all the other ones, but wow, 
was that ever good? And I told my wife she's got to listen to it because she is not a Mike Keenan fan. She's not a Mark <laughs> Messier fan. And I said, you got to check it out. But uh, thanks for that. That was a really good one. Yeah, it is really good. And it's funny that you talk about Mike Keenan because that season, like as a Canucks fan, yeah. still, in my opinion, is the darkest time in Canucks <laughs> history. And I started following, I started watching the Canucks in the mid to late 80s when they weren't very good, but they worked hard. I would listen in my kitchen on CKNW radio and get excited to a Tony Tanti goal or Petri Scrico. Oh, heavens. And, but those, yeah, that season with Mike Keenan was dark. And that's the second episode. Cause so far right now, there's only two episodes up and the right. second episode gets into it a bit. And it's just like, Holy cow. It's even actually worse than what we kind of knew originally before. But yeah, it's definitely a great listen. Yeah. My, my wife, Courtney, my wife, uh, trading, Trevor Linden to the New York Islanders was an act of heresy. As hard as that trade was, though, yeah, it led to Todd Bertuzzi coming yes, to did. Vancouver. And oh, we're giving away too much. <laughs> I know it's true. It's true. We should stop. It's just like, yeah, I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> there you go. So you know what? Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Emmanuel Sequera, the director of communications for the KIJHL. Thank you very much for doing this. Of course, uh, uh, we're back at this uh, next week uh, with more interviews from the KIJHL as we get ready for the playoffs. Thank you again for doing this. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Our thanks this week to broadcasters Eric Blow, Tom Shields, and Chris Armstrong. KIJHL Director of Communications, Emmanuel Sequera. Ethan McKinley of the Yasuis Coyotes, Cody Creasy of the Kamloops Storm, and Luke Chakrabarty of the Creston Valley Thundercats. Also a thank you to Hockey TV, which brings our players closer to their families and friends back home. I'm Mark Berry. This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. We're back in seven days. <laughs>